0: No, no on TV will ever get a job again.
1: <laughs> Dreadful, dumb and dumb. I'd call. Welcome back to the 40-yard switch. This is episode 68. After a week off due to my health, we return this week without the other half of our dynamic duo as Wilbur is inundated with work and study commitments. Fear not, however, as returning for his second guest to host appearance is journalist Yannick Hansen, zooming in all the way from Luxembourg this week to help out. We cover a lot in an hour, so I'll waste no more time and get straight to our chat. Enjoy. Yannick, welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming on.
0: Hi mate, thanks for having me again.
1: Yeah, uh, l- last time out we somewhat more, somewhat we had somewhat more of a composed uh, uh, Yannick, <laughs> uh, not your usual. Uh, let's just say, at times abrasive self that you can be in the group chats that me, you, and a other friend of the show Vinny who are in.
0: The keyboard warrior.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, so maybe today, with 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 uh, just me and you, we'll we'll see if the uh the leash comes off some somewhat and some more fiery takes come come from come from your mouth. But 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 I digress. Lots lots to talk about this week.
0: Um. Well, yeah. Exciting games in the prem. Absolutely. Um. The North London derby. That's always spicy. Um. Yeah. Liverpool not doing too well in the league. Uh, with that draw. And then turned off of the cake was, um, well, the Manchester derby, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, gorgeous. And uh, that's where we'll start, uh, funnily enough. Uh, yeah, Man City doing an absolute demolition job over Man United. Uh, 6-3 kind of sort of it makes the score seem a bit more respectable for United than the game really went <laughs> because they were outclassed from start to finish. And by the time they scored those last two goals, Man City would, didn't really care if I'm honest, they had made their substitutions. they were just cruising uh, and resting for their champions of the game uh, tomorrow. um or tonight, your time, I'd say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the game was over by half time, essentially.
0: Oh, it was it was over thirty minutes into the game, I mean, um, to you know, I was not surprised. like, yes, this quarter was surprising, but then, you just know when City turn it on, when they're in the flow, they can just hammer you. They can outscore you. They can just put four or five past you within 20 minutes and the game's done dusted. And this is one of those. Um, Perhaps surprising to see United give in that quickly because they had that bit of fire, didn't they, against Liverpool, against Arsenal. They look much more composed. But here, it's just, it was back to the old Oli days, you know. Oli's at yeah. the wheel.
1: And yeah, even even without Maguire, like this supposedly, you know, resurgent backline with Malassia, with um Varan Martinez yeah just didn't have an answer for, for uh but I think for Highland and, and co I think the interesting thing for me was and this is like usually I've been burned before predicting big city wins in uh Manchester derbies because OGS somehow seemed to always pull it out of the bag until he didn't um but th- i had a feeling this game was going to be a bit cooked for united just because very rarely do you see pep get like riled up um or like get sort of like or get like sort of drawn into pre pre-match sort of you know mm. questioning but someone said something about how um like harland versus martinez that 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 potential mismatch isn't going to be that big of a factor because martinez has been playing so well or whatever and pep's like i love when they underestimate the size difference Mm -hmm. i love when they do that and i'm like all right so he's clearly taken issue with something here that the media some media line that the the the, um, journalists have been pushing and i reckon he's gonna be pre-game in the change rooms being like we're gonna absolutely slap these guys did you get that vibe
0: Um, yeah absolutely i think you point to prove as well like he in recent recent times they weren't doing too well against United they were always able to just you know nick a draw or even win a couple of those derbies and I think he probably said you know guys I want to win this one I want to win it big and um, you know we're not letting these guys chat shit about us I really I really did get, did get that impression
1: yeah and I think also I think not just for City and for him but I think also just for the rest of the Premier League and all the neutral fans watching, and it, kind of, it kind—it kind of needed to happen because, and especially for United fans, because like they were getting a bit—I wouldn't say you know cocky, but like you know they would mm. performed well against Liverpool, they performed well against Arsenal, and won a couple of other games through there. That had a, a mini resurgence, but mm. it was really like, how much has your metal been tested, really? Like, and it just shows that like it can all. Dissolve at the drop of a hat,
0: really. Yeah, I mean, um, also different games. I think against Liverpool, like you could clearly see they came off the back of was it two or three defeats and then they're really putting in the shift, closing down people, being really aggressive. And Liverpool couldn't handle that all game. And against City, I didn't see any of that. And then suddenly, you know, you're 2 0 down, 3 0 down, and the game's over by the time you realise. Um, so it was a different game, but. We've gotta say like city that they, they're just they're just so much better than anyone else. Oh yeah. they they're just dif- different class to anyone else. I it was so obvious in that, in that derby.
1: Yeah, I feel like as bad as United were, City were just Mercurial, like they were just ridiculously good. And yeah, um I worry for for, for your boys next
0: weekend. <laughs> Mate, so, do I. so do I. I mean, it's just if you if you watch them, I mean I like you know me, I. It really pains. It pains me to say this, but they just so good on the ball. They don't lose the ball. They're very very crisp. All the passes are just spot on, and then they create so much. And then this big fella up top, he just he doesn't need ch- any any chance to to score. You give him five. He takes four or three, and then he's got a hat trick every other game. Yeah, like it's as easy as that.
1: He had five. I think he had five shots and three goals in this game. And plus two assists. And he, I think he, I saw a thing on online, um, Le Keep, the football magazine, who are uh, notoriously stingy with giving out uh, perfect 10 out of 10 ratings. They get, uh, they've get they only ever given out 13 until that game. He got the 14th ever 10 out of 10 rating from Le Keep, Pretty out. good. Um, but obviously, so obviously everyone's talked to death, you know, Harlan 14 goals in eight games, 17 goals in 10 games in all competitions for City and stuff. Um, I'm going to put it to you right now. Money where your mouth is, especially considering where you, uh, your take about how Haaland was potentially not going to adapt to the league before uh, the season started. I'm going to put it to you now. I
0: tell you might mention
1: that. Yeah, I had had to get it in there. But I'm going to put it to you now. Will he break the goal-scoring record this season? That's 34 goals held by Alan Shearer. Well,
0: that was with more games, wasn't it? That was a it was, game but season.
1: Will will he do that in the shorter amount of games? Or break Salah's thirty two.
0: I think he will. I think he has to at this point. He's so young. He plays every game and if they continue giving me giving him these chances, he's just gonna score. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say yes. I think he'll beat it.
1: Yeah, I think bar a serious injury that sidelines him for more than um t- more than two months, I think I think he will. Yeah, like he's already he, if he scores two more goals and he's halfway to Salah's record in less than 10 games. Like it's actually not insane. So yeah, I, I think I think I think I think we're wit- and like people are kind of saying it. Like I saw Karen and uh Neville say this on Monday Night Football. We're kind of witnessing like the start of like the real start of the next generation. You see Ronaldo's not really mm. playing Messi's kind of tearing it up but like in a in a worse league. But like Haaland and Mbappe like the, the time is now like they
0: they're not emerging stars anymore. They are stars. Well, it's because these these guys started out so young. Like Mbappe's been around for ages. You get the impression he's only like what twenty two, twenty three. He's twenty two, um, yeah. Haaland is twenty two. I mean, these guys should be outside their career, but they've been around for three, four years at the top level, and they scored more than a hundred goals each. So, but yeah, I I really do think like it's um it's the new generation now that's taking over.
1: Yeah, in terms of United, um moving forward for them do you think this is a blip or do you think there's some more serious issues they need to address because as well as as good as mctominay and erickson had played in their in their brief resurgence they were invisible in this in this in this game um you sort of like some jack Grealish, uh kevin de bruyne and phil Foden just absolutely running amok in that midfield every time they won the ball miles like loads of space to do whatever they wanted um i guess two-part question Firstly, is it time for Casemiro? Is McTominy has the McTominay train run its ship or run its course? Sorry. Uh, and secondly, um, we'll touch on this contest later when we do some uh, predictions. But they've got Everton coming up soon, uh, coming out next week. And like Everton, start of the season wouldn't have been predicted to be a tough fixture, but now Everton hold the best defense in the league, and are looking better mm. with every game. So, is is it are United? Could United? Be potentially, you know, got uh, on the verge of going a little bit of a skid here after what has been such a promising period.
0: Um, I think, I think it's just a blip because you know, as we said, City are just so good. Um, I would not overestimate this game, but I think it's is going to be a real test because they are so difficult to break down. Um, they're very composed. Um, they've got a goal scoring out as well. I think Mopé is going to do well. Um, Away, at Evan is also a really tough fixture so we'll see Um but as I said before they need to get back to the basics they were outrun outclassed I thought against against City and you can't afford that you need to put in a shift against whatever team in the Prem because if you don't they're going to punish you and they're not going to punish uh, United if they put in the same sort of performance
1: yeah you know I 100% agree and I think yeah I think it's it, it's it's kind of like a worrying sign that like after what, six games, and I know it was against a really good team, but after six games, you just they just sort of revert back to that old, you know, running around, not really trying um, way of playing. But anyway, lots to get through, so let's move on. Uh, not going to spend too much time on this one just because I talk about Arsenal every week, but um, Arsenal beat <laughs> Tottenham 3-1 uh, in the North London derby um after being sick all week this was the per the perfect remedy on the weekend um loved <laughs> it uh i mean my first note is while i do think we dominated for large periods of this game there were two or three moments where if spurs players had just played a better final ball it could have been mm. different i thought they were incredible and the match of the day broke broke this down quite well they were incredibly wasteful on the counter um son especially, his final ball was incredible. is really lacking two or three times. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, that's football, so a convincing performance from Arsenal, I'd say.
0: Um for most of the game, yes, I'd say. Um I well I, I only watched the I, I missed the first twenty minutes, so I can't really comment on that. But you said Arsenal looked really good, recomposed really to have both of the ball, create some chances. Um when I started tuning in, they just scored. And then it was a stupid mistake from Gabriel. It it got Tottenham back into the game. And yeah. at that point, I think that, that knocked, that, their confidence took a knock, Arsenal did. For five, um, 10 minutes. Started, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They started being a bit wobbly at the back. Spurs probably could have had another one. I thought they were very, very lacklustre. They weren't trying too much. You know, I didn't really see that fire in that first half. And then the second half was pretty much over before it started. Like, Cheap goal, T1, a red card. I think a harsh call, but you can give it, and then it will it unravel, for suppose, really quickly. Yeah. And in the end, get win for Arsenal.
1: Yeah, I feel like the red for the red card for me, I feel like on another day, you could see a challenge like that given as a yellow. Maybe if there's like if the ball is in close proximity, but I think in terms of like the fact that Martinelli is moving away from goal and the ball is nowhere near where Emerson Royale's foot is. I think mm-hmm. he kind of like forces Anthony Taylor to make a decision there. Cause it's like, you're not going for the ball. You are literally just trying to step on the bloke and like, yeah, it's probably yeah. still a yellow cardable offense, but like you're not, he's not, I feel like he does a bunch of things. He he doesn't do himself any favors in a bunch of different circumstances in that one moment, you know, it doesn't, doesn't need to make the tackle there. doesn't need to stamp on his ankle and also the ball has gone. It's just like, I don't know. Well, I feel like the it's like
0: a decision to make.
1: Yeah, exactly. You give the referee a decision to make and he made it, I guess. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, like, and, and for me, it's like while, it, while it's maybe like a, bit, a little bit of a stiff call, if I'm Conte, I'm furious at Emerson Royale for doing that.
0: Oh, yeah it was reckless it was unnecessary um it cost them the game i think in the end because when when did he get it like 56 minutes minute? 60 like,
1: 60 64 plenty. 61st minute i think
0: yeah still half an hour to go at that point like it was it was so stupid um i would have been furious even though i thought red was a little bit harsh but again like really stupid challenge yeah um and the game was over at that point, or shortly after it was over, and Arsenal scored a third. Yeah. Um. But it's, it's sort of, it's it's a Spurs way, isn't it? Like you know, it get run up to the to the big game, and then they just bottle it. Yeah. And they they knew like the other day I came across a video. It was um Chiellini when he played for Juventus, and they had the Champions League game and, oh, yeah, and against that. Spurs, and um, I think it was two two in Turin, and then Spurs went one 0 up, and then in the end um they considered two goals out of two chances. And then the the interview he asked Kirini, oh you know, how did this happen? And he said, and he said, well, we knew about the the heritage or the history of Spurs, you know, that they 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 tend to choke. And this was one of them. Again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I for, for minute one really, like <laughs> Pardon me. Um for minute one really they just didn't really like I, I I know that Conte's system is to sit back and soak it up and And what have you? And you know, hit on the counter, but they just didn't really seem like you said there was just no real desire. They weren't pressing hard enough in and around the box. Like Partey's shot, Ben White is get receives the ball. No one comes out to him. He has all the time in the world Mm. to play that pass to Partey. And then also the two defensive midfielders for Spurs are in are inside the box. They should be on the edge of the box. So Partey can't even take a shot. Take nothing away from the strike. Mm. Fantastic goal, but like and then. Yeah, I mean the second goal is just terrible goalkeeping from Lloris. I've I've said it before. I think he's washed. I think he's riding on the coattails of being a World Cup winning goalkeeper. But since that horror game he had against Wolves, I think it was last season or the season before. I don't think he's been the same keeper. Uh, he's just way too inconsistent, way too error prone. Um, and then yeah, the the third goal, like yes, you've firstly Spurs had a chance, had a sub, had a chance to bring someone on before that goal happened, they were just so slow in getting them ready. And then secondly, it's still, even with 10 men, shambolic defending. Eric Mm -hmm. Dyer, first and foremost, how the hell you get dragged that far out of position by Martinelli is ridiculous. Especially when you got Christian Romero next to you, like, what are you doing? Um, So yeah, Yeah. it's just the whole, the whole thing was not indicative of an Antonio Antonio Conte team. They they didn't press hard. They didn't defend compactly. And, then when they went to hit on the counter, their final ball was they didn't move with a whole lot of pace, and their the passing in the took, not in the final third, but to the final third was
0: shocking. No, I completely agree. Um I think Spurs have also been a little bit over this season so far. Yes, they've had a good run in the Prem. They they're right at the top with Arsenal, well, not anymore, but, Um They weren't until this this game week, but they had they had some some really terrible games where they. They did make a winner in the end. I think they be Wolves one 0 very early on. Yeah, season. Wolves looked better in shouldn't that game. They, I remember that. Yeah, they shouldn't have won that game. They had another one. I can't remember The Chelsea two,
1: game. But, they were outclassed
0: as well. Oh yeah, yeah, that could have been three four nil at the bridge. Um, so yeah, I think results have have been better than the performance have been. So, yeah, I think if, if they were just due this this sort of result, to be honest, mm-hmm. against Arsenal. Yeah. And it's
1: interesting. Like if you look at a lot of their metrics, I was looking at this on Reddit the other, uh, uh earlier today, they're like last in turn, or well, not last, but they're in like the bottom half in terms of like passes into the final third. Um, and, uh, I think it was like, uh, expected, like expected goals and stuff, but like their shot conversion rate mm-hmm. is the second highest in the league right now. And, hmm. uh, you just wonder when that, if because that that can't stay at that higher level all season, you just wonder when mm. that regresses to the mean somewhat. All their other stats that are indicative of a team not as high as them, will they start to drop? So
0: yeah, we should see.
1: We should see. But yeah, um, as for Arsenal, uh, Ooh. still top of the league. I didn't think I'd be saying that eight games into the season, and um. <laughs> the real test is like Tottenham isn't like like, like banter or no banter Tottenham's not really to, like to, Tottenham is a test but it's also not you know the real test if you know what I mean the real test comes this mm. week and then the real test comes when we play Man City and we don't play Man City until after the World Cup so oh really yeah
0: yeah look, I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan and I don't have much hope for this weekend's game I don't think that will be a big test for Arsenal
1: yeah it will be but speaking of liverpool uh 3 all against brighton um a bit of a calamitous game would you say uh conceded first again um, just yeah uh defensive issues continue yeah
0: it's not looking great it's just no it's not It's really not um it's a pattern at this point we always get one one down against brighton we went two down Probably lucky not to go three down, to be honest. And at that yeah. point, the game would have been over. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it's, it's difficult to explain why, to be honest, because this is not the first time they they went one nil down. Um. And yet they and and they they go one nil down very early on in the game. So I don't understand. I don't know what clock says to them in the in the pregame talk, but clearly it's not working. Um. I don't know. It was it was it was poor, but it was a game of two halves. You know they 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 did show a response. They came back. Um, probably should have scored more than three. And then, Brighton Brighton did get lucky, and then in the end they they got a lucky equaliser. Um, but you can't you can't afford to go two down. The first Brighton ten two, minutes is just not, yeah. Oh, it was awful, and you you can't afford these mistakes against the big teams because they will they put the game all away. Uh, yeah. Um. And yeah, unfortunately, Alexander-Arnold again with, um, well, a defensive disaster class.
1: Yeah. The first goal, it looks, looks worse than it is just because it's good dribbling and he, and he slips. But the second goal, mm. for me, inexcusable. Like, why are you taking an age to chest that down? If you're going to chest it down, it needs to be a good touch straight to your feet, not mm. bubbled up in the air. And then after that, like the jogging back after you lost the ball is inexcusable inexcusable and i i, I say this is someone who loves trent I, I think he's a phenomenal player and i think it's almost that mm. out the reason i'm critical is out of frustration because i feel like if he really tried and worked on his defensive game he could be one of the top five best players in the world as a right back but he just yeah. well, doesn't seem to I'm, I'm not sure if he doesn't want to Improve on his defensive list, or he thinks he doesn't has to, or if he's just unable to. But yeah, it's 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 becoming an issue, or it not, it's not becoming an issue. It is an issue.
0: It, it absolutely is. I mean, he's costing us games, and then all the you know when you're on Instagram or TikTok, and you see all these videos where he just jogs back. You know, he's just he's not aware of his surroundings. he's just you know he's just he's just ball watching, and at that level, you can't afford to do that. Yeah. Even if you have Van Dyke next to you and all these other great defenders you just can't afford to. He's a liability at this point. And what really frustrates me the most is that it is the absolute basics that he doesn't do. You know, showing some desire, closing people down, being aggressive, you know, not giving people time on the ball. That's, that's it's such basic stuff. You know, I'm not asking him to do, you know, last minute, last ditch tacklings, and all of that. Just do the basics. That would already prevent, I don't know, quite a few goals, to be honest.
1: Yeah. And then the thing, it's like, if you get ripped by a really good one-on-one player, like a Zaha or something fair dues, you get ripped. Like that happens to everyone at some point, but like, like you said, it's like stuff that you are taught when you're 10, 11, 12, you know, like you lose the ball, you run back, you know, it's like you get, and when you when you're defending against a player trying to drive into the box, get bodies in the box. So the box is more congested. So it's harder to find a target. But it's just not doing those things. Do you think no, though? Not. Sorry, I no, got gone. Yeah, no, no, go on, go on, I was just saying. Do you think that these the, his deficiencies are fixable though? Like, like he's only twenty three. Can, can do you think it like, like he hasn't really shown so far uh an ability or a willingness, whatever it is, to to improve these issues? But are they fixable?
0: Oh yeah, they're absolutely fixable. Um, I'm again because I've been frustrated for so long I've been I've been thinking you know why is he not running back it's 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 basic stuff and why is Klopp, Klopp not telling him to run back I'm starting to believe like look he offers so much going forward that Klopp just says you know if we lose the ball there'll be someone else to bail you out we'll win the ball back and then you're in a good position to play you know a really good pass or you'll be able to assist you know he it's it's almost like we're talking about a winger or striker you know who doesn't have to Close down people because you know we need you in a different area. We need to to save your legs somehow, and yeah, that might work for like a Ronaldo or other day, like any any really good striker. But he's a he's a right back. Like yeah, Klopp, you can't. And Klopp is making excuses every single week. You can't do that, and it pains me to say because I really love Trent. I think he's such a great player. But Southgate is absolutely right not to pick him for England. Yeah, It no, should he should he should be in the squad. You know, you can. If you if you if you're down, you need to you need to chase the to game. You can always bring him in to whip whip in the ball, but I would not start him in a back four for England. I think he's just too he's such a liability, and you can't afford that in a, in a World Cup.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think, and also like yeah, in in a back four and as a balanced fullback, Kyle Walker and Rhys James are easily ahead of it. Um, but interesting, you mentioned Klopp there. How much of Trent's deficiencies and so far Liverpool's defensive deficiencies, how much of this does fall on clock? Because it's an issue that like you said has become a pattern and it hasn't seemed to have been addressed and we're eight games into the Premier League season, three and three champions League game weeks. Yes, Liverpool kept a clean sheet this morning um, or this last night um, for you, but albeit against a Rangers team who have shown more than the less than a barely more than a whimper so far in the Champions League. So how much of this how is Klopp got a bit to answer for so far this
0: season? Um I don't want to throw Klopp under the bus given what he's done for for Liverpool. Um but I think he needs to make changes. Um again this is maybe the the carriage pundit but you know he plays the same line up pretty much every game the same sort of shape and I think at this point clubs know what to do they need they know who to target it it's usually Alexander-Arnold's side they target and I think you need to I don't know at least try and make a few changes but I think he's also severely limited in the players that he has like last year we saw you know Liverpool have great Scott Dev, which I still think they do but in the midfield um I think they're lacking someone who who really has the legs to go box to box, like a Bellingham kind of character. I think they're really lacking that that person, and also their creativity from midfield. And then you you need to fall back to really push up high and to provide that that sort of offensive offensive touch. And the downside of that is you might get caught out on the counter, or they might be at a position when when the other teams do get forwards, and that's happened a lot this season. So yeah, I do think Klopp club does have to answer for some stuff, at least to. he he needs to give his full bags and on this case like a proper potluckin you cannot you cannot let him jog back be so out of position all the time like it can't happen
1: yeah no 100% and like yeah I agree that Klopp has done a lot for Liverpool so he obviously I'm not talking about like you know him getting sacked or anything like that but I just feel like in this, this sort of this sort of slide needs to be remedied sooner rather than later or you know it could get a bit dire and I saw that graphic where it's like uh, in Klopp's seventh season at Mainz mm-hmm. things started to go downhill and then in his seventh season at Dortmund things started to go downhill and he's in his seventh mm-hmm. season at Liverpool and it's like you don't want that to become like a pattern
0: well to be saying Klopp's was in his fifth season things were really dire um it was when we lost Van Dijk early on in the season and then Matte was out, Gomez was out, and they, they barely made top four. And yet they had a really good run. I think they won eight of out last night or something, which saved their season. But he has he's had these wobbles before, he's come out on the other side. Um so yeah, I still have Asian club. Yeah. But my issue is more with upper management, you know, is the money really there for the ownership if you want the ownership, yeah. If you want to play with the big guns like City. Um, they are able to put 150 mil into the squad every single summer. They they can afford to pay, what was it, like 50 mil for Phillips, who he's injured now, but before that he got nowhere near the team. You know, if you want to compete with that, you need to put your money where your mouth is in the end of the day. And Liverpool do need someone in midfield. It's been glaringly obvious for two years now, and it didn't happen in the summer. And at this point you have these you know, these generational players for Liverpool, Van Dijk, Salah, Alisson, you know, you name them, they're not getting any younger. You know, if it always takes one more year, one more year to build a perfect squad, these players will be too old to win anything and they will need to be replaced.
1: Yeah, no, 100% agree. And I think it's, I think Pep Guardiola said something in an interview recently. He said, he said, every season you have to change, you have to evolve. Like, like he's like, he's like, he's like yes, we may have like a similar-ish squad, but at the end of every season, we like, clean the slate and we say, what do we need for next season? And we, and then, and then sit the city board, to their credit, go out and get them. Um, one last thing I wanted to say, and this, I might ruffle your feathers a little bit here. Um, go on. I, this, I, I'm not usually one to make hot takes. I've never made one, but I don't reckon. I've, I've made maybe the Maguire one that uh, uh, but like at the time wasn't an overly hot take. But I was saying this to Wilbur off air a couple of weeks ago, I think... We are already starting to see Salah doing an Abamiang 2.0. 2.
0: Do you know what my dad said the same thing last night when we watched a ranger's game? Um
1: I think it's happening. I'm not i not, not, not necessarily because it because he's his body won't do the things I do. I just don't think the motivation is there anymore. And he's got the payout.
0: I mean that's the because I'm, I'm the one who has been, I've been teasing you for, such a long time about Obama Young, but, yeah, it looks like it at the moment. He's not. I don't see the spark that he had before. He's also got very predictable. You know, he cuts it on his left. He goes for the, for the far post. Um, even like the Rangers keeper, who's like five hundred years old. You know, he knew where to go in when, when Salah, uh, got a shot away. Um, yeah, it looks like it. Um, I think it's always a bit of a gamble when you give a really big contract to someone who's 30, 31, and to be honest, where where would he have gone? You know, yeah. that's the other mm-hmm. thing. Um, maybe still a little bit too early to judge him. It's only like what eight, eight, nine games into the season. True, um, but I'm, I'm
1: putting my money where my mouth is a little bit here. I'm, I'm, I'm like, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm calling it. This is the beginning of the end for Mohamed Salah at Liverpool.
0: I certainly hope not, but. I don't don't, don't think you're too wrong.
1: Mm, Interesting. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. All right. Last thing uh, we'll talk about before we get on to the three big games uh, this weekend and how we predict them. Uh, Bruno Large has been sacked by Wolves after their 2-0 loss to West Ham. Uh, And my initial thoughts is I hadn't realized how far down the ladder they had dropped. They're sitting 18th. Mm. But the decision still feels a little rash. I feel like he had them playing really good stuff last year. And like an early season wobble, I don't know. Give him time to steady the ship. I feel like he kind of deserved that mm-hmm. a bit.
0: I mean, I can't really say that I'm a Wolves expert or that I watched him a lot. Um, if you just, you know, when you look at the table um, last season, I think their defensive record was really good. They considered something like 40 goals, which in a 38-game season is pretty, pretty impressive for a team no offense to balls, but a team of their limited abilities, but then going forward, they always lack goals under him and this yeah. season, you know, they they had some, like, like I said, against Spurs, they probably should have won that game, or at least gotten something out of it, they didn't. Um, When that doesn't happen, suddenly the pressure's there immediately. Mm. So, And the injury to yet, so.
1: Jimenez doesn't help, obviously having to get Diego Costa in, who's what, 36, 37? Hmm. Yeah, it's always going to be a struggle. That's the thing, like, it's 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 hard for a manager when, you, when you're already struggling with your personnel to create goals and then your main striker gets injured uh, and you have to sort of bring in a last-minute replacement. But I think another reason why um, he might have lost a bit of time or that he may have earned himself last season is... The switch in styles. He 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 decided he wanted to play a back four this season, and somehow that, in his logic, he that he seemed to think that that meant Conor Cody was surplus to re- requirements, because for some reason, despite I don't really I don't really know where this came from, people and him seemed to think that Connor Cody couldn't play in a back four, um, and so got rid of Conor Cody, who's club captain, club legend, got them promoted, one of their greatest ever players. And now you see Conor Cody thriving in a back four at Everton, the least can uh, placing in a back four that's considered the least amount of goals this season. So then if you're if you're Wolves management, you're going like, Well, what's going on? You've just sold a guy because you didn't think he could play in this <laughs> system and now he's playing really well in this system.
0: Mm-hmm. I when you make a guy, like it has to be right. Um very it's, it's turning out not to be. And as I say, it just involves pressure in it, it's i Last season, it was all about getting results. It was all about playing pretty football. And this season, the results are not there. Um, so uh, I can understand why they got rid of him. It'd be interesting to see who they bring in, to be honest, because they, they do have that massive Portuguese connection. Yeah, um, Will will a non-Portuguese player make them tick better or worse? Who knows? Um, they have a difficult call to make now.
1: Yeah. And I, honestly, outside of Marco Silva, Bruno Lage, Nuno and Jose Mourinho, I don't really know any other Portuguese managers. I mean, there's probably plenty in the Portuguese league, but it's like how many of them are willing, like how many of them are at a good at a good enough club, like a Sporting, a Porto or a Benfica that would be willing to come to Wolves. So it's interesting.
0: Mm, yeah. But again, like, I don't know. Just In general, I think when you share the faith, your manager, it can pay off. But like if you look at Arteta, like this morning I saw the really bad one they had. They had like one one win in ten games and seven or eight defeats in that in that run in that spell. Um, you know they they showed face to the manager, and he's now you know he's now returning that with interest. Sometimes it can pay off to hold on to your manager, but yes. at the same time it also can pay off if you get rid of him, So time will tell how this will work out for Wolves.
1: Mm, I, st- I still don't think they're getting relegated, but yeah we'll see, but all right, time for us to put our next line on a little bit here. three big games this weekend Ooh, sorry uh kicking off with the biggest one the 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 leading ticket for this weekend Arsenal versus Liverpool at the emirates mm. uh huge game this will be uh outside of the United and Spurs games the real sort of Test of Arsenal's credentials because aside from Liverpool, like Liverpool's sort of uh, problems to start the season aside, their starting t- lineup that they will play against Arsenal will be near full strength, and that is still a very good team on their day.
0: Mm. Difficult one to predict. Um, it can give way, I think. I think Arsenal, if they if they show what they can do, if they, you know, if you get to ball out to Martinelli, Saka, they can, they can really cause problems to Liverpool's fullbacks. Um But I can also see Liverpool put in a very professional performance, like they did last season at the Emirates. Yeah, because um, I'm pretty
1: sure Arsenal were with, with, with like, hot like, were on a roll when we played Liverpool for the first time last season and then they just yeah. absolutely dispatched us.
0: Exactly. Um, That tends to happen at Anfield. Um, but, I'm probably gonna. I'm gonna go with a draw. I'm gonna say two-two. Um, Arsenal. If you if you do test them, they they can be wobbly at the back. Um, I don't think they have been tested thus far. Um, in the United game, they they lost their head. Um, they conceded two really poor goals in that game. Um, and Spurs Spurs had a nibble at them, and Arsenal almost almost collapsed in that in the first half towards the end. So if Liverpool do knock out the door um, properly, um, they might they might smash them in. But I still think they're going to concede at the Emirates.
1: Do you think it's a case of we score first and you guys bring it back again, like the similar to the Brighton game?
0: That seems to be the pattern. Um, yeah, I can see that.
1: Because mm, one, one thing um, that I've liked about Arsenal that this season that's differed from our sides in recent years is that when we concede, we, or when we go behind, well, yeah, when we concede, we tend to bounce back. We didn't do it against Spurs, but so far when we concede, we tend to bounce back pretty well. Um, But yeah, again, doing it against Liverpool is a different thing altogether. Um, I've been burned too many times. Predicting Arsenal to play well against Liverpool, so I'm not going to predict us to win. And if and if and if we do win, that's happy days. I got I'm I'm wrong in my prediction, but we won the game. So uh, i This is tough. I I also think it's going to be a draw, but I, I part of me also feels like it'd be so us to lose this game. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Two two is a good is a good prediction. I, I kind of wish that I had done that first, but uh, I'm just to be different. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one all. I think because of how much Liverpool have been conceding goals, I think they're gonna look to address that this week, and they're gonna be quite stout defensively. And then I think on the flip side, Arsenal are gonna be super wary of how. Liverpool games have gone in the past, so I think it's going to be a little bit of a stalemate. So I'm going to go one-one.
0: Mm, fair play. I think that's well, not that cool. Um,
1: but I do think if we're going to get any success, it's going to be down Martinelli's wing.
0: Mm, yeah, I think so too. And I also don't think Gab Jesus,
1: Gab Jesus Gab is going to score just because Van Dijk is easily the best defender he's played against this season.
0: Hmm. I think he can make something happen for the other guys. Um, yeah, yeah. I
1: think he can facilitate. I just don't think he's going to score. Cause I think, yeah, Van Dijk's not usually scored on.
0: Well, he'll be the, uh, the second best Brazilian striker on the pitch that day.
1: Yeah. Well, the resurgence of Bobby Firmino, do you reckon he's going to score for Liverpool?
0: I mean, I don't think, I mean, before we go into the game, I don't think he, he will score like just any game, but then he ends up with a goal or two. Um, He's just such an underrated player. I think, like how he facilitated that the Salamana years, um, that's not talked about enough. And this season, when we lack like goals, he's there. Um, he's he scored two really good goals against Brighton, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's he's got a, he's you know he's been on a bit of a roll this season. Uh, and, after coasting um, for a while, a little we? bit
1: towards the back end of last season, I feel like the signing of Darwin Nunes is almost like a little bit of a fire under him.
0: Yeah, it tickled him a little bit, I think. Um and at the moment I don't I don't think you can drop for you know, um given what he offers. But then you have the you have this, I don't know, this this dilemma, you know, you, you just spend what was it, eighty million on Nunes. You, you cannot not play him. Like it, sooner or later he'll be in the starting in the starting lineup. Uh, but at the moment I saw him against Rangers. Uh, last night I thought play well. he played well. We probably should have had at least one goal, if not two.
1: Nunes. Um
0: yeah, yeah, he play. He play well. He also he held the ball up well, um. But but he needs time. And at the moment, I don't think Firmino can be dropped.
1: Yeah, I and it's not helped certainly. with all these training videos coming out where Nunes looks like a Sunday league player. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: That was. Di- I'm not gonna absolutely. lie. I- I'd seen a couple of them. and I'm like, guys, oh, whatever. But I saw one the other day, and I was like, that is diabolical. But yeah. Firmino's playing well, and uh, at the moment he's undroppable. But yeah, I, I, when push comes <laughs> to shove, push comes to shove. At some point, you have to ask the question. But anyway, uh, so we're both going for draws. Two all says Jan, One all says I. Uh, next on the ticket: uh, Spurs versus Brighton. Brighton in quite hot shit form at the moment, and Spurs having re- reeling from their first loss of the season. I'm I'm not sure if this mm. is at the Amex or at Thfc stadium, but um, that mm, I feel like that could probably that could potentially be the deciding factor because both teams play very well at home, uh, and I don't kind of hard to split outside. it
0: of, will be at the, at the Amex
1: at the Amex. Mm, okay, yeah. I feel like because you went first for the first game, so I'll go first here. I'm leaning, I'm leaning a Brighton. I'm leaning. I'm not sure if it's a draw or a win, but I'm leaning <clears Brighton throat> not to
0: lose here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Spurs will win this one. Um they they had a pretty shoddy performance in the Champions League yesterday against Frankfurt. Frankfurt could have won that game, I think. Against Spurs, the same things that you mentioned before. Um, the last ball not good enough. Um, very wasteful. They did have a couple of good chances to score. Did, did they beat um, Frankfurt? They, no, nil no, nil no draw. Oh um, <clears throat> they looked a little bit unprofessional, a little bit, almost lazy, not closing people down, they look out of shape mm. at times. And I think Conde is, he's not someone who just lets this slip, you know. So I think he, um, I think you give him a proper dressing down and then they'll come out against Brighton. Brighton, I think, they, they are on a bit of a roll. Um, they have plenty of the ball, but I think it, this Spurs this quality will see them through. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 win, I suppose.
1: I'm going to, uh, you make a lot of good points. I'm gonna argue back that Conte can do all of that that he likes, but Brighton at home is one of the toughest fixtures in the league, and um, we don't really know much about Deserby. He's a bit of an unknown, but the Brighton team, as it stands currently, you know, continuing on from what from the foundations that Potter laid, uh, I just think that they're so well set up against almost anyone and i think they uh, they play oh what is it like a it's not exactly the same formation the spurs but it's a back five versus a back five and mm-hmm. like p- player for player obviously spurs are better but I, I don't know there's just something about this brighton team and the way they just put themselves about and the way they you know um it's like like they can hit teams on the counter, but they can also play really good possession football, they can they can do both. Mm. So I feel like situationally, as the game ebbs and flows, they'll be able to have periods where they get on the ball and potentially score from that way. But then also if Spurs if if, if Spurs start to get into the ascendancy, they can then be like register that. If does if Deserve is a smart enough guy, they can register that and then sit back in shape and just soak up a bit of a Tottenham storm. Because I feel like when Tottenham are afforded the time to sit on the ball and have possession they're nowhere near as good like they're a counter-attacking team that's the way they've been for quite some time um, Mm. even before Conte and yeah so I I think that yeah I I don't really like I don't really know how the game's going to go but I just think that Brighton mean business this year and like you said Spurs have Being inconsistent at times, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna go for a Brighton win because I do think, like you said, that uh, Spurs Conte will have uh, give Spurs a good bollocking. But I'm gonna go for a for a two all draw. I think it be it be won't be like it won't be similar to the way the Liverpool game went. But I do think yeah, Brighton as good as they are can can concede against good teams. Um, but, yeah, they'll also score themselves. I think they've got lots of good players. I think Pascal Gross, after not scoring for a week or two, might get on the score sheet again. Mm. So, yeah, two all.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I can see that happen too. All
1: right, and finally, before we wrap things up, Everton versus Man United. Again, like I said, before the season started, this game, while it is still a rivalry, um, wouldn't have being considered that big a game, just because everyone thought Everton were going to be a bit of a disaster class. Uh, but they have improved pretty much week to week since losing their opening two games against uh, Villa and Chelsea. And uh, yeah, this game, if if Everton were to win, they would leapfrog Man United, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, huge game. Everton with the best defense in the league currently, conceding the seven goals. Next best is City with nine. How did you see this one going?
0: Um really tricky one. Um I think it all depends on what you, you Man United team will see. I think I think if they if they show the same kind of attitude as they did against City or Brentford, um I think Everton will probably win that game. Um but it's you know if if we're if we can point out that you know, the wasn't right, then surely their manager should be able to do the same. Um, I think United have more quality, especially in the, in the last third. Um, they should be able to score at least a couple of goals against Everton, even though they, they do have this really good record uh, defensively. Um, I, I really don't want to say it, but I think United will probably win this. I think I think the City game was a blip. Um, I think they bounced back from this. and Even though Everton... Frank Lampard certainly studied the ship. I, I don't think they played that great. They did they did play really well against Liverpool. Should, probably should have scored at least one or two. Um, but they also considered very many chances against Liverpool. Um, I think United can create two. Um, so I'm going to get with it at 2-0 United. 2-0. In
1: Interesting. Interesting. Um, I <laughs> am going to be doing what I've been doing for the past few weeks and backing Everton. I think I've loved what I've seen from them. Um, uh, they got their like first win against um, who was it now? Uh, so since since the Liverpool game, I've been really convinced about the project that Lampard's got. I thought they played amazingly well against Liverpool, Then they got their first win. I can't think of it now, but that was a good that was a good performance. And then they responded incredibly well to conceding against and getting two goals back within five minutes of each other, five minutes after after yeah. after conceding. And also, on top of that, I think Everton's midfield is far superior on form than United is currently. And yes, you can say on paper the names are, you know, Ericsson and Fernandez, forget McTominay. Um but you can say on paper those names numbers are great. And Ericsson has been solid to start the season. In my opinion, Fernandez has had maybe one, maybe two good games this season, Not, neither of them great games. And the rest of the time, he's been just kind of a bit meh, uh, mm. continuing from last season. Whereas this new midfield that Everton have of um, Idrissa Gay, Andre Onana and Alex Awobi has been one of the most dynamic midfields in the Premier League in the past few weeks. Um, those three play together like they've been playing together for years. They're all they're all three of them are very athletic. All three of them are very good on the ball. Um Gay is, is the type of defensive midfielder Scott McTominay <laughs> wishes he was. Uh and yeah, um that midfield I reckon bosses the United midfield. Uh and then I think yeah um defensively United have shown they can be good in moments with Martinez and I also, but then I also think that if Varane's injury is serious enough and Victor Lindelof has to play, Mm. then you start to worry. I mean, yes, it's yes. Everson going forward, have their issues, you know, Dwight McNeil, Anthony Gordon, uh, Damari Gray, Neil Mopay isn't the most potent front three, but I think similar to how I said, Brighton can sit back and soak up against Spurs and Spurs when given time to have possession aren't the best. I think again, United's best performances this season against Liverpool and against Arsenal have come when they have had, haven't had much of the ball and then hit hard and fast on the counter. I don't think this is going to happen against Everton. Frank Lampard will set, set them up to soak up the pressure and press, <coughs> press really press really well over the pitch, win the ball and counter quickly with a Gordon, a gray, a Mope. similar to how they played against Everton uh, to how they played against Liverpool, except mm. United aren't as good as Liverpool. So I think Everton win this one 2-1. I was going to say 1-0 just because I think Everton, but I think United probably will. will mm-hmm. Actually, no, do I? Yeah, and no, I do think United will score. But then I, I think, I, I don't know. Do, do Everton have two goals in them? Wait and see, but I, I think I think Everton win this. I've just got a feeling that with 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 Varane out and <clears throat> Lindelof playing and Lindelof playing and Everton's midfield versus um, uh, United's midfield and also uh, United having to be you know the more proactive on the ball team, which they've struggled to do at times this season.
0: I think it's one of those games that can get either way. Um... Uh, yeah, I think you made a solid case for, um, for an Everton win. Um, I just have this feeling that the good run they're on, it has to end at some point. I think United are due a more professional performance. Um, so I can, um, they, they tend to do well at Everton, um, historically at least. It's at Goodison, um,
1: though, and Everton, and Everton, since Frank Lampard has joined, have been really, <laughs> really strong at Goodison Park.
0: They have. Um yeah, difficult one to call. I think it'll be it'll be a good game because both teams can score and they can concede. Um I think it'll be interesting to see if um Ten Hag will change his um his starting lineup. He'll probably have he'll probably have to replace Varane in the back line. But will he bring in Ronaldo? I don't know. Um will, Does he
1: bring I in Casemiro for McTominay as well?
0: I think that's a no-brainer at this point. Like
1: I thought, it was a no-brainer a couple of weeks um, ago, though, and it still hasn't happened.
0: Well, that might that might tell you that um Casemiro, despite all his um all the trophies he's won and indeed his reputation and everything, and uh, he might he might struggle a little bit to adjust to um the Premier least to um what Ten Hag wants out of him. Or because otherwise, is he
1: don't... is he past it?
0: He's only thirty. I mean, I know, but like, like yeah, I think, if Real Madrid I think were very he, willing to let him go, that's the thing. You know, um, yeah, I did have that impression. Like, they got him very easy. I don't think Madrid really put up a fight. Yeah, I think they probably looked at their team and they saw sort of like, look, we're sacked in midfield. We have these really young guys who've, who, who've just come in. They're going to get better and better. And then, you know, if you still have Casemiro knocking knocking about, it might, it might create a little bit of unrest. So they thought, well, if we get sixty 70 million from United, you know, we'll just wash our hands off the player and then we're set up for the future. And yeah, I think it could be one of those that it's just a big name, but he's a little bit past it. But it's also he plays with different players like Crows and Modridge, they hardly lost the ball. Yeah. Um he did he didn't have to do too much. He also had a really solid back line, always behind them. So if he did make a mistake, he always had someone like Ramos who can mop up Behind them here, he's the main guy, he's the one who has to steady the ship. Um, we'll see. But I do think he's even if he's a little bit washed now, he's better than McTominay. Oh, it has so to he be, has yeah. To play.
1: Yeah, I saw, so he I, has to play. I I think McTominay really got exposed because everyone was like, Oh, McTominay's not actually not too bad for a few weeks, and then he just got exposed against Man City. He is not a good player, he can have a couple of all right games, but he was giving the ball away cheaply, he was like not marking any of the attacking. Uh, City midfielders. Yeah, he's not a good player. The last thing I'll say, which I just just, just thought of that also could give Everton (laughs) the edge is United obviously play Europa League on Thursday night. Uh, Harry Maguire has a hamstring thing. Varane has a knee or ankle issue, which means outside of Martinez and Lindelof, I'm not sure who can play at centre-back for United. So that means that at least two of the four of the back line will be playing... Two games and what is it?
0: Yeah, Thursday. but come on, that's not an that's not an excuse. Like they used to be in the Champions League, you know, playing Wednesday, Tuesday and then Saturday, Sunday. Like it's not an excuse early in the season.
1: But like they, they they would they will they like like past few games United have rotated in at centre back and they weren't they don't they don't have that ability now with two injuries. So
0: if anything I can see this Playing in their favour, you know, you play the same centre back pairing for the Europa League game, and then you have True. you have a pairing that at least you know has played together before. Um, yeah.
1: All right. So two one win for you say for United, two one win I say for Everton. We'll see how that pans out.
0: Mm.
1: Um. All right. So that'll conclude us for this week. Uh. Thanks. Thanks, Jan, for coming on, and uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I can't wait for Arsenal to finally break the Liverpool hoodoo, but we'll see if that happens. I'm not going to back it to happen.
0: We shall see. Should be a good game, though.
1: It should be. It should be, and I'm sure we'll both be gracious in defeat or victory,
0: <laughs> as we always are.
1: As we always are. But yeah, uh, thanks heaps for coming on, mate. Made the mistake of pressing the end record button a little too early there, so cutting Yannick off before he could say his own farewell. But thanks again to Yannick for coming on the show with us. Uh, a great hour-long or so chat. Uh, plenty of um, stuff to digest there before this weekend's action, and I'm sure uh, our takes have probably already been made obsolete by various Champions League uh, fixtures over the past few days. But yes, as always, if you've liked what you've heard from me and Yannick this weekend, this week or from me and Wilbur and others over the past few weeks, uh, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify. Give us a five star rating if you've loved that too. It helps us out. And uh, if you if you want to keep up to date with uh, what we're what's what's on each episode and what we post, uh, be sure to follow our Instagram fortyyard.switch no, and pod Sorry, <laughs> uh, but yes, as always, I've been Woody, uh, and we'll be back next week. Uh, have a good one. Uh, see you next time.